0: fifth line mike todd here in arena host for your columbus blue jackets and you're listening to the subjectively speaking podcast and now
1: here's jeremy paul and laura norman
0: what is up everyone and welcome to this the 70th episode of subjectively speaking my name is jeremy
1: and i'm laura
0: and Laura, we have a tale of two games to talk about today uh, and a, another game to look forward to. What I'm looking forward to is hearing about your shenanigans with Megan, our good friend who attended the game with you on Saturday. Uh, what I'm not really excited to hear about, though, is uh, the game on Saturday. Laura was our uh, in-arena analyst for the evening as I was attending a, a wedding Um in rural Kentucky. So I was, I was not abreast of what was happening, but honestly, thank God. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, it, there was a lot of yelling, uh, from me and from Megan. Uh, and y- you could not be more correct. That the difference between the Islanders game and the hurricanes game is like night and day kind of, uh, yeah, it's, a. Uh, it's been an interesting few days of Blue
0: Jacket talking. And I really wouldn't want it to be any other way. Like, I wouldn't want it to, like, make sense. Um, that would be too easy. And it honestly would probably put us out of business. So I, for one, am very on board with the complexity of this team and what I presume will be the complexity of this team for the entirety of the season. Uh, I think I think we started on a high note. Actually, do we do the student affairs thing where we, like, are... Like let's get all the negative out of the way, like all the things that are bad. But like then let's end on a high note, so that way when people are done listening to the episode, they like feel okay. Which which would you prefer? Ooh, chronological or uh, mental health uh, saving?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Which is I mean I think chronological is probably better.
0: Okay, great. Thursday, Thursday. was awesome. Thursday went well. Yes. <laughs> the Blue Jackets Thursday won. In overtime, 3-2 uh, to two against the New York Islanders. Uh, some highlights, of course, include Cole Sillinger, a.k.a. Goal Sillinger, getting his first NHL goal off of a really great feed from Vladislav Gabrikov, um, who is on the published list of folks who are being looked at, like the big list of, um, of Team Russia. For the Olympics, so not anything that I think surprises anybody, but still, still cool nonetheless. Uh, so that made it two one. Um, obviously, of course, other people scored, <laughs> um, but that was obviously a highlight of the game. Uh, New York comes back, ties it, and then, of course, um, none other than the finisher himself, Patrick Line ends the game in overtime. Uh, that one was fun. That one was a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, that one was super fun. It was, you know, all the things you like about a good hockey game, the back and forth, the like, will we, won't we sort of situation, the, you know, sort of like crowd in awe, like when Cole Sillinger got his first goal, Um, you know, it just, it was a lot of things that you know, you love, and then going into overtime, and again, having Patrick Laine do what Patrick Laine does, and win games uh, well in overtime. uh, It was really exciting, and it was a lot of fun. It was great to see, like, to play the Islanders again. It's been so long, and uh, when we get to talking about the Carolina game again, I was talking to Megan and saying, like, We have definitely played better against teams that we didn't see last year, Um, which is true because we've lost both of the games that we've played against the teams that we played last year um, and won all the games against the teams that we didn't play last year. So
0: I am am manifesting a change for the Dallas game, but please. I
1: am also manifesting a change for the Dallas game. I would like to. get away from this this pattern um but no we had a lot of fun the Islanders game was great like definitely didn't make us feel like unsure about going into the Carolina game but man was that a different different story of a game um Yes, still very early in the season. Literally game five. So, like, no one should be waving a white flag or anything. But it just was very different than the Islander game. Um, They started out um, really, like, pretty strong. Like, they were making a lot of good plays. They just weren't able to get it in the back of the net. Like, they kept hitting the wall crossbars like it just was not getting past Frederick Anderson but like we were attempting through about two-thirds of the way through the first period and then after that things started getting dicey um the team just really really struggled with puck possession with in making plays having people be in the right positions Um, I was telling Jeremy earlier as I was describing the situation to him that it kind of seemed like they were broken robots. Like they were trying to go through the sequence of events in a play, but for some reason the next point in a play, that person was not in the right spot. So like passes would be made, but a blue jacket wasn't there on the other end of the pass. It was a Canes player, and then that Canes player took off with (laughs) with the puck like it just was messy um we had a lot of penalties um and in case y'all didn't know this uh the hurricanes are pretty good on the power play um which was at a detriment to us uh and you know the power plays that we did get we tried Um, But, again, the the cohesion and, like, the understanding of who was going to do what didn't seem to be there. Um, But, you know, they scored, I believe it was, they scored two in the first. Um, They scored a third in the second. Then we finally got on the board um, in the second. Boone Jenner scored a power play goal, which, two thumbs up, Boone Jenner. You're put in the work, buddy. You are really, really trying and like in any way possible to just get this team from point A to point B. So proud of you. Um, And then come back in the third. Things were very dicey in the beginning of the third period. In from a fan perspective, and I think if you were in Nationwide Arena, you would agree with this as well. We got the shorthand of the stick from the refs a lot. There were a lot of very clear penalties that the Hurricanes did that did not get called. Um, Including holding on to, I believe, Jake Bean for like a solid 20 seconds and just spinning him around in circles and not calling holding. Um, And that was really frustrating. And then us getting called for things that were... Really, really super minor. Um, So, yeah, it just did not. There was no coming back from it. We were not going to get out of this circle of chaos that had been created. Um, But Kane's come back and scored two more goals in the third period. Ended up beating us 5-1. to And, yeah, there was a lot of yelling from everyone. But there was the cutest little boy that was sitting in front of us. Last night with his dad, and he just kept going. You can do it, Blue Jackets. I know you can, and it was so cute. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but it was super cute.
0: <laughs> I know. It sounds like um, yeah. it sounds
1: like
0: it sounds like you on game nights, to be quite frank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not just last willing, night. I was yelling a lot.
0: Just willing them into existence. Willing them also into that I, we
1: did a lot of like. My normal, Megan caught on to my normal things that you find so entertaining during games, which is me yelling, rebounds are important a lot. Um, And specifically, if we were on the power play, being like, you're on the wrong end of the ice. You're supposed to be over there. (laughs) Go over there. (laughs) Just go. Um, And obviously the same thing I yell when Elvis is in the net. I yelled for Corby. Please don't do this to him. He doesn't deserve this. (laughs) He's done nothing but kept us in this game. So, so yeah, the normal things. Not like other people. I'm not like belligerent.
0: Yeah, I could never imagine like you being like just absolutely like (laughs) like unhinged at a Blue Jackets game. Like the day that you do that is the day that I start to get a little bit nervous about where you're at in other places of your mental health. As but um, but I think that that kind of game, right, is kind of just indicative of, of where this team is. Like even to your point about penalties, I think like like I think one of the things that comes with experience in the NHL is like you learn how to get away with shit. Like you learn how to like, um, you know, do things that you shouldn't do and kind of like, you know take advantage of some situations. And I think when, with the, when you're a younger team and you don't necessarily know how to do that exactly, you can get messy, you can get sloppy, and then you can get called um, when, when your opponent isn't because your opponent's hiding it better. Like, they, they have that veteran ability to do that. And, and that, for sure, is something that I think you see a little bit of here in the beginning of the season. Like, I think that this team has been a little bit more, I don't want to say undisciplined, because I feel like that's, like, kind of a pretty you know, stark thing, like, to to say at this point. But I will say that, like, as a younger team, like, does seem to be moments where they're more prone to to committing penalties, things of that nature. Um, but at the end of the day, right, like, it's indicative of how the season is going to go. And I think as a Blue Jacket fan, it's the kind of thing that you have to prepare yourself for throughout the entire season, right? Like, you're going to have these games, you're going to have these moments where you compete against the New York Islanders team that, by all accounts, like, is a favorite to win the Metro, obviously like a a slow start, but, but a really good hockey team, Uh, a team that is going to contend for a Stanley cup this year. They're going to make moves at the deadline to try to get better and and try to win the cup, uh, you know, for long Island. And, and then you have a team like the hurricanes who similarly, you know, some people perceive to have gotten a little bit worse this uh, off season, but nevertheless, a really, really good hockey team. And because of that, right? Like you expect, okay, the Islanders game went really, really well, then you go into the next game and it's like, what, what in the hell? <laughs> Where did this come from? Like literally last, like literally on Thursday, you know, you went toe to toe against a really good Islanders team and, and, and in all accounts outplayed them. And so ease into the frustration as Blue Jackets fans, like be okay with it. Like that's part of development. That's part of growth. Uh, those games are just as important for players like Cole Cylinder, Igor chenakov like, You know, the younger guys, Adam Boak was Jake Beans over this team that, you know, might be more experienced, but still are younger, haven't faced that adversity. Like, these games are just as important. Uh, And so, while they might be frustrating to watch, enjoy them. uh, Because I think it's also, like, it's always fun to watch how the pie is made. And I think you're seeing a little bit of that here, right? Where it's, like, you are going to have moments where things do not look perfect, but they're still going to go into the pie. And they're going to be really... Really instrumental to the composition of the pie, isn't that right, Laura?
1: <laughs> yes, we just added a, a little bit too much salt to the crust this time around, um. Woof. So some, some <laughs> things just like went into pure chaos. Um, but yeah, no, it's true. And even um, we heard a snippet of Lars's post game show, post game show, post game interview, uh, yesterday in the car, and you know, even he said he's like. You know, obviously, there's a lot of notes I'm taking away from this game, um, and we clearly needed to present ourselves better. um, And even to the point of being like, if we're gonna lose, like, we need to have looked like we at least like tried not to. Like, um, but he said, looking at you know, looking at the Hurricanes and the players that they have on that team and the years of experience, even in their their younger guys, like their guys that are in there. You know, early to mid 20s, like they've had four or five years in this league. And that is a lot, that makes a huge difference when you're looking at us, who we are the youngest team in the NHL. And a good chunk of our main roster players are in their first or second year in the NHL. And so they are not used to certain things and they're still getting. They're still figuring everything out. I mean, heck, the day before Cole Sillinger scored, scored his first NHL NHL goal, we were talking about how he had been benched for a whole period during the Detroit game because things were just not working out right. Like, there's going to be a lot of these moments of ebb and flow. Um, you just got to kind of hope that if if we are going to lose games that, like, we lost, we went down fighting like sort of things like that, but they'll get there again, game five. So no one should be um super concerned. But the one thing I will say is that anyone who thinks again, and I said it on our last episode, goaltending is not our issue. So like I saw so much Corpy hate last night on our Twitter account. It was so, stupid like and I don't use that term lightly like there is absolutely no reason and I am not claiming to know everything about hockey and I'm just a fan just like anyone else but like you are missing out on a huge part of how hockey works if you think Corpy or Elvis is the issue like Corpy kept us in that game Corpy I told Jeremy there was a save, I believe, in the first period where Corby literally looked like he split himself in half because he had been completely, like, left unprotected with multiple Canes players coming his way. He had no choice but to literally extend himself fully across the net and still lean forward to lay on top of the puck after it hit him square in the chest. So that it wouldn't go in like Corby played his butt off last night. And I just, I don't super understand people who think that either one of our goalies are the issue win or lose. Like truly we would lose by so much more if we had any other goalies.
0: Yeah, I think, and this is where I get to play my analytics corner that you love so much, but I think it's useful. So in so, this case
1: because um, we discussed it prior to <laughs> yeah so i
0: mean in in terms of like first of all i haven't really been i i've been busy over the last few weeks so the start of the nhl season i haven't been great at like keeping tabs on like other players other things that are going on so i'm looking at this list um of of goalies uh and their performance this is money puck so if you're not familiar with money puck definitely check it out because it's a really good resource uh, especially for analytics if you're looking to kind of dive into it a little bit um, last week we talked about like goals saved above expected. Sergey Bobrovsky, um, in in four games played, has saved nine goals above expected. <laughs> he's like playing really well. He has an expected goals against in four games of seventeen, and he's only let up eight. Um, so good on Bob. He's he's doing something right down there. His expected goals allowed per game is 4.23, and, and his real goals allowed is 1.99. So maybe he's back. Maybe he's back in, in form. But back to the team that we care about, right? Like in, in the Blue Jackets and, um, you know, in two starts, Jonas uh, uh his expected goals against is a 9.67, um, like total, not, you know, percentage, of course. Uh, and that's 2.7 above. Uh, what's expected his goals allowed is a 3.54 so like obviously like it's not a great number like it's not a great stat um but his expected goals against is a 4.89 so he's saving 1.35 goals above what he should be um so analytically like right like he looks really good um similarly elvis merzlikens i mean like talking about how the goaltender is going to keep us in the games this year um you know, he has a, a 1.63 goals, goals allowed average, uh, and he's expected to have a 2.65. So, like, they're both saving at least a goal a game that they shouldn't be saving. Uh, and those are the kind of things that are going to win you hockey games, and they're going to win you close hockey games. Um, the thing that's, like, concerning for me when I look at this, right, is so, like, in two games, <laughs> the Blue Jackets are expected to have given up almost 10 goals when Corpy's in um, and just around eight goals in three games uh, when Elvis is in. So the expected goals against Corpy are a lot higher than they are against Elvis. And, and I think that's always been an interesting part of this conversation is like, do we think that it's, you know, do, do they play better in front of Elvis? Like, do they play better in front of Corpy? Like, I think like, like just like analytically, like, yes, they play better in front of, they play better in front of uh, Elvis than they do in front of Corpy. And, uh, I think, like, there could be a myriad reasons why that is, and that's okay, like, but, um, that's another conversation that I've seen on Twitter, and I think that that's an okay conversation to have, like, and I think that that's one that I'm, I'll entertain, uh, but it obviously is never, and I don't think any ill will toward Corpy. I just think that this team really wants to fight for Elvis, like, I I think this team has always kind of wanted to fight for Elvis, and it's easy, right, to get behind a guy with that much charisma, but, um, I get that impression even more so at the start of the season.
1: Sorry, my mouse was definitely not where I thought it was. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's frustrating and also understandable in the same like breath because it doesn't super make sense to have the caliber of goalies that we have and to have like, And I'm not saying that this is like all fans, but like, especially when you're in the hockey, social media, like realm of things as we are for our business. um, You know, it's weird to see a fan base divided on two really good goalies. Like, I understand having like a like your preferred goalie. But to then be just like outwardly weird and hateful towards the other one who is. Statistically speaking, equally as good um, is just weird and seems unnecessary. Like when you're going into a season that we are more than likely like going to experience, which is a lot of ups and downs. Like I don't know, you kind of hope that fans like rally around both of them. And yes, I 100% understand the other level of support. And favoritism towards Elvis. Um, Elvis came into this organization like he shot out of the cannon. Like, he very much so, when he became a Blue Jacket and came over and was going to be playing um, on our roster, like, had a mission. And, like, I think his story is very, very... Intriguing because like he had a really rough start, like a really rough start to his NHL career. I mean, it's hard to forget that first game that he played against Pittsburgh. Like, but you also look at the fact that what
0: and, and we have tried. We have <laughs> tried really desperately to forget. But you also that look game. at
1: the fact <laughs> you also look at the fact that he refused to have himself pulled that game because he wanted to experience That whole situation like and you know everything in between from the rise to you know that New Year's Eve game after Corby got injured where Elvis just came into his own and you know got his first win at home then went on a a mini winning streak leading up to the all-star break like you know, and everything else in between, obviously, the personal tragedies, the growth, the dedication to Columbus in the fifth line. Like, so it's a, a lot of, like, the other side of hockey that, like, gets this extra layer, I think, of fan situation um, when it comes to the difference between Elvis and Corpy. Um, and, you know, poor Corpy, as you mentioned earlier, lived in the shadow of Sergei Bobrovsky for a very long time and so there is there's not as much there to that story necessarily that we know um and so yeah it's just hard but like play-wise like and so many people just being like trade Corby now trade Corby now trade Corby now who exactly are you bringing into this situation that can back up Elvis that's ready to back up Elvis. Like, please tell me who you think that's that's currently playing in Cleveland that is ready to come up and back Elvis solidly if we were to trade Corpy right now. Like, I'm curious who, truly, who people think is ready in our pipeline. Because the more that we play Elvis, his likelihood of getting injured increases tenfold. So, like... You're gonna need someone to be it's not like he's gonna be able to just play. Um you know. So so yeah. I just I just find that weird like Corby versus Elvis thing like unnecessary. But
0: yeah, and it definitely is. And I yeah, to your point, like it's hard to imagine. Um I mean, quite frankly, like the only the only player who has any real meaningful NHL experience in the pipeline is like JF Barube. Like um, he's played 34 NHL games. So I mean, like that's, but, but that's about it. Right. Like he's a veteran. So it's not like he's like in the midst of like trying to develop still, but, um, but yeah, I, I think too, right. Like both of these goaltenders at the end of the day are still like relatively young in terms of goaltending. Like if you're 27 and you're like, a forward and then you start to talk about like at the back end of their aging curve and whatever. Like I get that, but like goaltenders, I mean like they're playing well into their thirties in most cases. So, I mean for Corby, right? Like what I'm rooting for, for him is, um, is that he does keep getting these opportunities. And even if the team doesn't play great in front of him, like he's obviously like the underlying numbers show that he's performing to or exceeding the expectations upon him. And because of that, there's going to be a team out there that's going to, if not like sign him long-term to a deal that he deserves to be a starting goaltender somewhere, he's going to at least get a shot somewhere to prove that he can do it. Um, And I think that that's, if you're a blue jacket fan, like the thing that you want to root for, because the emotion side of it is right. Like if you can keep both of them, keep both of them. It doesn't matter. Like if, if you're only spending like, 10,000 or 10 million, not 10,000, uh, dollars on goaltending, and you have a really good tandem like that, like, great. But at the end of the day, right? Like, that's not what either of these players deserve. And so, um, I think you're hoping for that. And I think you are hoping. I mean, like, here's the thing, right? You're going to have to eat some games on the back end of this trade deadline if it looks like this is a, is a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Um, we've talked about it before on the podcast. We'll talk about it more, of course, as, as the time approaches, but it's like the likelihood of, the entirety of our UFAs like making it to the end of the season is low Corpy included, I think max included. And so it's like, you look at that and you might end up just having to have Tarasov or Barube like be your person or you make a trade like you did in 2019 to get somebody like Keith Kincaid um, for like next to not like, actually that was a fifth round pick. That was like somewhat meaningful, <laughs> but um, maybe that's what you do to back up Elvis in the meantime. Um,
1: but even then I think trading Corpy at the trade deadline is different than doing it like tomorrow.
0: Oh, 100% which I think yeah. people are
1: asking for like, because at the trade deadline, we've got what a month and a half of hockey left after that. Yeah. Roughly, if not a little less. And so that's like a doable circumstance, which if, we are in a position, again, where we're not going to the playoffs and, like, we're just playing games to play games and make other teams work for it, then, yeah, we're going to be cycling in people anyway. Like, we're going to be cycling in prospective players from Cleveland. Like, we saw it at the end of this last season. So, like, that's not as big of a deal as, like, trying to do that right now, which literally makes no sense, but, like, it is what it is. Um, And you know, expecting that we have options, like, because we just don't really. So, but there are teams, there are definitely teams that are like blood in the water with Yarmo and thinking about Corpy. Like, there are quite a few teams that as the season is shaking out in the first part are realizing that they have goalie issues or they have goalies that aren't going to be ready to come back in when they thought they were going to. So, trust me, there are going to be plenty of people that when Yarmo says, like, Corpy's on the market, if he says Corpy's on the market, then there will be people, and we will be sad.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. and I And I think, again, like, it goes back to, I've seen the conversations on Twitter, and it's like, People think his value is plummeting right now, and I just don't think that that's the case. Like, I think again, like every team has these analytic-minded folks in their front offices. I can see that that the quality of shot that he's facing mixed with <laughs> like what he's letting up is still really impressive. Uh, and so I will personally look forward to seeing how he does the rest of the season, and I'll look forward to um how this plays out to well, internal I, goaltenders. I just
1: also want people to remember that. At some point, Elvis is going to lose a game. Like we will lose a game with Elvis in the
0: net. Oh, one hundred percent.
1: Like that—that's going to happen. Like I—I—I I, <laughs> I love the enthusiasm, and again, we want to be a space where like fans of all levels of knowledge like feel comfortable coming to the conversation. But like, there's going to come a time that Elvis—the that Elvis—is in the net when we lose the game. <laughs> so like, right. Just because Corby happens to have been in the net the two times that we have lost so far this season does not, like, every, I don't know that there, no, there isn't. There's not a single goalie that has ever played in the NHL that has won, I don't think, that has won every single time they've been in net. Oh,
0: no. I mean, like, like, with the exception of maybe, like, if they're playing like six or seven games randomly, like maybe that's happened, but definitely not a starting goaltender.
1: Yeah. So like perspective is all I'm asking. Um but yeah, so are we gonna do three stars combined of the two games? Before
0: maybe. Well, before we do the three stars, Laura, mm-hmm. I need to let you know. The NFL fans out there, they might be hungry for a big win this week. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, they have them covered because new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You know what I mean? It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. So, Laura, we're safe. We're not going to be empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Did you say free? That's my favorite price. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers. Only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So these are our three stars of the, of the, of the situation um, presented by our friends at DraftKings.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, So, yeah, so I think I can combine this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, we'll do, we'll do both.
1: Yeah. Okay. So third star or yeah. Third star for me. I got to go with the captain again. I mean, like I said just a little bit ago, like, he's like, I think at the end of this season, regardless of what our numbers look like as a team, Boone's going to have really good numbers for him as a player because he is, he's scoring regularly. Like, he is getting good minutes. His face off, his face off percentage is really, really good for the start of the season. Um, and he's really just putting in the effort to like, do as much as he can for the team. So again, my third star goes to O Captain, my Captain Boone Jenner. Um, Second star, I'm going to do a goalie tie just because I love them. And I want them to know that we appreciate them and give it to Corby and Elvis. because They both played well in their respective games, kept us in those games, um, did some miraculous saves. And we are truly a lucky team to have this goalie tandem. Um, And then my number one star is little baby Cole Sillinger getting his first NHL NHL goal against the Islanders and our, you know, semi-viral tweet of Jeremy uh, quoting what Cole said in his post-game interview when they asked, um, what do you remember about your goal celebration? And he said directly, I heard the cannon go off and then I blacked out. So I have absolutely no idea what happened, (laughs) Um, which is exactly what you want to hear from an 18 year old who just completed one of uh, his life's major like goals. Uh, So super happy for him. Um, And I can't wait to see like where he goes, but this week he definitely gets my number one star.
0: Yeah. I will say for me, um, I'm going to say three for Cole, Um, obviously, like for very similar reasons. I thought he played really, really well um, against against New York. And I think that's especially important after coming off of a really rocky game against Detroit. Uh, So big ups to him on that for two. I'm going to I like. I'm jealous that you go first every time because I was going to do the exact same thing and I was going to be like, maybe I'm innovative. Um, But yeah, there's the goaltending position, I think, at two um, for very similar reasons that we talked about in the analytics column. Um, And then for me, for one, it's going to be you and Megan for making it through the game on Saturday.
1: Aww. And also for
0: making it through that bucket of popcorn that I am sure was highly highly coated and oh god what's it called flavor call yes yeah my my gourmet popcorn store days are are flashing back to me now
1: we actually took half of the bucket home because megan loves day old popcorn
0: hey what
1: um, and because i was like stress eating it and i was like girl you have to take this away from me because i will eat this whole tub of popcorn which if you want to talk about economical snacks at the arena, that tub of popcorn was $5 and it yeah, is great awesome. deal. great deal. Like, and I don't know why, but for some reason, this is the first time it might just be because of where our seats are, but this is the first time I've truly felt like you can just smell popcorn everywhere in the arena and it smells like so good. So if you're looking for like a cost effective snack to get at a game, definitely the popcorn. Um, But yeah, so it did help us with the the yelling because we had food in our mouth so we couldn't really do it as much (laughs) in the third period. But I appreciate us being your number one stars. We missed you at the game. I
0: I missed being at the game. It was weird. That's the first one I haven't been to in a minute. So that was, it was interesting to, you know, follow along. I actually did have much better service at the wedding than I anticipated. So I was following along and disappointed at the wedding. Um, but good news, open bar, good news, open bar. Um, and so also like, I know we talk about snacks on this podcast quite a bit. I'm here to talk about a drink. Um, shout out to my dear friend, Sam for getting married this weekend. Congratulations. But also shout out to the, whoever created their signature cocktail of their wedding, um, which is called the Rory, which was based off of their, like one of their dogs. That's the name of it. It was really cute that was apple cider salted caramel vodka moscato um and a apple slice that was uh like soaked in take a guess
1: um r- i d- rum fireball Oh, so you love good. fireball. I do.
0: I do. It's actually like probably like my lead, like it's definitely like my character flaw. Um, is how much I like and unironically like fireball, but remember I had to-
1: the one time you did like four wait, this is not a legal thing, but like you did like four of those little bottles of fireball in the back of my car. I did, <laughs> I did do that, yeah. Because they are like because they're so He it. over 21, it's fine. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, but it's just like I—they are so convenient. Those of any like the like little airport bottles of anything is just nice, and you can sneak them into places that charge you twelve dollars for a drink. And so I'm a big fan. Um, however, I um, have gotten caught with them before, so <laughs> you have to like be careful. But I love them, yeah. But also like just like it's just like as a snack, like not even to like get drunk or get tipsy or whatever, but like apples coated like soaked <laughs> in I Fireball. Were,
1: snack. <laughs> we're so good. As a snack if you don't plan on driving anywhere. <laughs> Later. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, like,
0: I'm not going to like have like a whole like gala apple full of fireball and then be like, you know what sounds like a good idea? Driving. Like, (laughs) no, but like, it's so good. Like, there's something about it that was just so fall and so delightful.
1: Well, it sounded very similar to that drink we made last fall, the like caramel apple mule. Oh,
0: yeah. See, but ginger beer is like, although I did actually really enjoy that, I'm usually not a fan of Moscow mules because I'm not a huge fan of drinking my ginger. I'm actually just not a huge fan of ginger. I like grated ginger, but like when it comes to like really potent ginger, I just think I don't like roots.
1: Cause I feel similarly about horseradish? You do feel similarly about horseradish. You are not a fan. You were mad at me the other day when I misled you accidentally on a look oh. in a mustard.
0: Pissed. <laughs> Pissed. Absolutely mad. That's actually why I'm wearing the yellow... Hoodie, so that way you can be reminded of the time that you scarred me. I but... enjoyed
1: the mustard, it was delicious.
0: Well, we'll talk Slurping, about your...
1: Slurping Turtle, folks. If you're ever at Easton Mall and so enjoy good. ramen, go to Slurping Turtle.
0: I usually get mad it's whenever so... I usually make fun of us whenever we give um a shameless promo to people, but they're one that deserves it. It was so good.
1: <laughs> but hey, shout out to Slurping Turtle if they do want to sponsor the podcast.
0: Oh my god, could you imagine?
1: We'll be there, we'll go before every game.
0: Can I say that I'm all about having the most obscure sponsors? Um, <laughs> um, so, if you forgot, you're listening to Subjectively Speaking, a podcast about hockey. And um, the Blue Jackets play again on Monday. Uh, that's when this episode's coming out. So, besties, if you're listening on Tuesday, Wednesday. Shit, sorry. Um, but um, – of course a lot of things that i think you look forward to in that game i think you obviously wonder who's gonna start i think the answer is probably elvis um if you go based on like just like kind of patterns here um you go back to elvis i assume i don't think anything really changes as far as the lineup goes uh and hopefully you break the streak like you mentioned of um of losing to uh Old Discover Central Division opponents.
1: Yes, and it's um it's gonna be our last home game for a little bit. Uh, it's almost not quite, but almost full two weeks that we don't have a home game. Uh, we play a couple of games, obviously, but like we don't have play at home for until um all the way to our last home game for October, I should say. So, but we don't play at home again until um November sixth. So. Because if you're from Columbus and you listen to any Columbus radio station or really look anywhere in Columbus, you know that 21 Pilots is coming to take over Nationwide Arena. Oh, they are? You're right. For like Four straight days. Yeah. Um, so that is why we are not playing um, at home because hometown boys, 21 Pilots will be breaking the brains of the youth of Columbus. For a few days. So.
0: And if you're listening to this and you are going to those shows, please know that I am jealous of you. I love me some 21 pilots. Um
1: wow, yeah, that is be careful with camping out if that is a thing that you're doing.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. So shout out to our friend Ryan, who is very, very much uh part of the skeleton clique. I think that's what they call themselves, right? Um 21 Pilot. Yeah, I think I'm right. Um and he was saying that people when we were at the game on Thursday against the Islanders were already camping out to be able to be front row for Pitt on, I believe he said Thursday Wednesday, Wednesday show. The Wednesday yeah. show. So six days people are camping outside uh to be front row for that show. And I am I the dedication is strong. it is
1: monsooning in the greater Columbus area right now. Like torrential downpouring.
0: But I will say but, that yeah. that is a positive to the one thing we talked about which was oh my gosh like that pit might not smell great. There's no they're getting a shower. They're getting a shower right now. Um and they so, may have
1: pneumonia by the time <laughs> you
0: know well, you know it'll be fine. Oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine camping out for like for something like that. Like I would camp I remember the blue jackets used to do um, what are called Huntington green seats? Are Huntington green seats something that you're familiar with? Okay. So the Blue Jackets used to like the top two rows in the arena didn't get sold, or at least at least in some sections, didn't get sold. And for ten dollars, you could go down, you could buy a Huntington green seat, and, and you would go to the game, but they only started selling them at five o'clock on the day of the game. And so there would be some games. Where it was like a massive game, whether that's because of who they were playing or what the implications of the game were. And people would go down there for like hours and even like days at a time. Um, because I think they did it for a playoff series once, and and yeah, like it was just <laughs> it was insane. Um, but I don't know, it would almost have to be like a really, really, really groundbreaking playoff game for me to like buy into standing outside and sleeping outside for the Columbus Blue Jackets.
1: Yeah, I'm not really a camping person, so... Yeah,
0: miss, miss me with the tent. Miss me with the tent. Well, <laughs> Laura, do you have anything else on your radar before we hop off on this one?
1: No, nothing. I mean, I'm excited for the Dallas game. Um, see how that goes. And I just... <sighs> hockey's just bringing me so much joy lately. My personal life is a bit chaotic. So, like, hockey's been a nice s- stalemate of, you like, consistency. Both. Um, So, just very appreciative of hockey and our beloved Blue Jackets.
0: You and me both. Well, I won't steal your thunder as I do sometimes do. Maybe I'll do it soon. I kind of miss doing it every now and again. Uh, but why don't you wrap up our Corpy episode, number 70, by telling the folks where they can find us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, at Subjectively Speaking. We have a very pretty website that you can go look at, which is subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you've seen any of our social media, you saw that I posted a super cute picture of a friend of the pod, Megan, who went to the game with me last night. Sporting her brand new, subjectively speaking, sweatshirt, her personal review was, I can't believe how soft this is, and also, it keeps me warm and cozy. So that should be a great selling point for all of you. Um, If you're interested in our merch and supporting the two of us, you can visit our merch site, which is subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We will hopefully have some new designs coming soon, but that's also been a little bit of a hurdle um, right now for us. But um, And then other than that, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. We don't know why they matter, but they do. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and can scroll on down and hit that five stars for us, we greatly appreciate it. It helps us move up the charts within the hockey podcast world and gets more people to see our little show here. And we just appreciate and love all the sport.
0: We also love the entire country of the Philippines. Um <laughs> But obviously, uh, so grateful for all of you in the fifth line. It's been so nice to see you all at games. And so we are very excited to hopefully see some more folks on Monday. Uh, And uh, we cannot wait to see you all again soon and talk to you on Thursday. So take care, stay well, and we'll see you soon.
1: Bye.